Zephyr Ajemian. And I'm Tom Zalatnai. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's There's no no such such thing thing as as bad bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Kanyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today, and every day, to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So, this is Halloween. I guess technically this is October 30th, but nothing really happens on October 30th, and this is the closest we get to Halloween. This is Halloween. How you feeling? How you doing? What'd you eat this week? I am feeling okay right now. I had kind of a tough week, honestly. But we had really good food on Friday evening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Should we like go into a little more detail? <laughs> we got to go to a restaurant. <laughs> okay, well, I was waiting for you to step in. Yeah, we got to go to uh, La Louisiane, which mm-hmm. is, we've talked about it before. It's kind of our go-to restaurant in mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Uh, we know the people who, who run it, person who runs it. I don't know why I pluralized him. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we got just a gorgeous meal mm-hmm. uh like french onion soup that was the most incredible broth oh, so good and their cornbread is just like my platonic <sighs> ideal i love cornbread um and their cornbread is like the best cornbread i've ever had and i want to learn how to make it had like it's like it's like one of those ones that has like a mix of corns in it mm-hmm. so like you can tell there's a coarser grain cornmeal but probably also a finer grain mm-hmm. cornmeal and like there was little bits of sweet corn in it Ugh. Yeah, that was crazy good. It was so good. And then I had the Wagyu tenderloin. Was it tenderloin or was it something else? I am not sure, honestly. Anyway, it was Wagyu, so it was incredible. That was really good. It was too, gar- so good. too garlicky for me, so I'm glad I didn't order it myself. Yeah, it had a sauce with like a real raw garlic kick, which I enjoyed a lot, and like cheesy mashed potatoes and really good veggies. Oh, yeah. And then we had creme brulee and bananas foster. And it was just like, oh my God, it was such a good meal. Oh, it yeah. was so exactly what I needed at the end of this week. If you're in Montreal or you're visiting Montreal, highly, highly recommend going there. Mm-hmm. It might not cross your mind to go eat Cajun food in Montreal but like do it yeah yeah well I mean that's it like Kyle's had this place open for decades and like there's a reason for that you know like it's it's very good now you did not have the 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 steak you had no I got the blackened salmon and it was a great choice yeah it had just just enough of a kick to it and the salmon was like perfectly cooked and the the sweet potato fries Mm -hmm. that it was served with were divine everything was really really nice such a good meal. Mm-hmm. So that was the, definitely the food highlight of my week. Oh, yeah. Apart from that, this week I've been eating a lot of like, like subsistence PB&Js. <laughs> <laughs> there's been a, this week, there's been a lot of uh, shit. I got to eat something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely a non-zero amount of like, oh, crap, like, I need to put something into my body this morning before I leave the house. Uh, what do we got? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that this week. A lot of that. A lot of that. Uh, but I did also make a birthday cake. You did. 
It turned out pretty good. It turned out pretty good. I feel like I should mention the birthday cake because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was really, I went very out of my comfort zone and I think it paid off. Yeah, I think so. Because Toby wanted a Pokemon birthday cake. Um, at first, a friend was going to make it who's like good at this kind of stuff, uh, but they got sick. So I had to like rally um, to do it. And Toby had a real vision. He mm-hmm. wanted chocolate and vanilla and caramel. He wanted Pokemon and... You know, I managed. I you made did. a marble cake with a salted caramel filling. I do feel like the cake was dry. But like not dry enough to be like bad, you know? Yeah, it just wasn't good. <laughs> you know? Like it wasn't dry enough to be bad. This is a thing that I keep doing. This is a bit of a controversial opinion. Some mm-hmm. people might get mad at me. I don't really think butter is the best fat in a cake. Mm. I think cake texture is much better when you use oil. Okay. Um, something that's liquid at room temperature because then when you're eating it at room temperature, it has that looseness and, sp- and sponginess and mm. lightness to it. Okay. Whereas a butter cake, because butter is solid at room temperature, the fat in the cake is going to be solid. Mm. Uh, so the texture is a little drier and a little heavier. Okay, right. And, you know, if you're making a pound cake or something like that where you want that, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just find I really prefer the texture of an oil cake. Mm-hmm. And this is like I've I've made so many cakes in my time. And I know that this is true. And every time I follow a recipe that this one had butter and oil, but the majority was butter. Right. And I was just like, I should find an oil recipe. And I didn't. And then I was like, oh, no, surprise Pikachu face. Why did this turn out the way butter cakes always turn out? Right, yeah. But then I decorated it, and I got fondant, and I just told myself, like, you can sculpt with, like, Sculpey clay. Fondant won't be too different. The difference with fondant is that it gets marshmallowy when it's <laughs> when it's warm, which was interesting. It's sort of like modeling with chewing gum a little bit. But you pulled it off. But I pulled it off. You and it Toby, off. even with Toby helping, <laughs> I pulled it off because he really wanted to help. And that was very stressful for right. me. Um, but we made an Azarel and a Pikachu and a Pichu. <laughs> and they were cute. Yeah. And it they, worked out. They turned out real cute. Yeah. And what's most important is that Toby was thrilled. Yeah, he, he was loved very it. very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most important part, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so speaking of baking, speaking of tasty treats, we were looking into what sort of food-based holidays exist around this time of year. And obviously Halloween is a food-based holiday. Yeah. In that candy is it's food. It's a candy-based holiday. Uh, holiday. <laughs> holiday. But with this episode not actually coming out on the 31st, I was like, well, what happens on October 30th? And it turns out that it's National Pumpkin Bread Day. And I was like, all right, Pumpkin Bread Day. Yeah. Sure. I feel like that should be the day after Halloween, though. Probably. Well, I don't know, because you carve your pumpkin in advance, right? Yeah. I guess all the stuff from the inside of the pumpkin is ready before Halloween. That's not what goes in pumpkin bread. What goes in pumpkin bread? Like pumpkin flesh. I think less of the pumpkin is edible than I thought. Interesting. Okay, so obviously, people, you have figured out at this point that uh, Teffer is the one who knows what they're talking about this week. Tom doesn't know much about pumpkins. I don't know much about pumpkins. I don't know much about baking. Uh, I'd like to think I know a reasonable amount about bread at this point. (laughs) <laughs> on year two of having to do a lot of bread content yeah, on this podcast. Yeah. But uh, I'm not the, the expert here. Teffer is the expert here. So, uh, yeah, tell me about pumpkin bread, the old PB. So pumpkin bread is technically a quick bread, mm-hmm. uh, which is a kind of cake. So a quick bread, as opposed to a yeasted bread, mm-hmm. uh, is a cake that is that rises with leaveners like baking soda and baking powder. 
Those were developed in the late 1800s. Quick breads rose in popularity because they were things that were quick and easy to make. So as opposed to starting your bread at the beginning of the day or the day before, you could just mix it up together. Mm. Um, Like a soda bread. Right. Quick breads, however, are usually sweet and often have a like vegetable or fruit element. So banana bread is a quick bread. Mm. Zucchini bread. Carrot cake often is a quick bread. Like if you bake it in a loaf pan, Mm. uh, it's a quick bread. Sure. And of course, pumpkin bread. Basically anything that you might find pre-sliced at like a gas station or a bodega or a dip. Absolutely. That's a really good way. That's a really good way to think about it. Yes. They're usually, but not always, uh, the fat in them is oil. Mm. Uh, And they just tend to be kind of like cheap, quick, easy to put together and satisfying. Did you did you plant the thing about oil being a good fat for cakes no. while we were talking about Toby's sure. birthday cake? Yes. Knowing uh, you were going to do this? Absolutely. Yeah. I was being strategic. Definitely. Dang. Now, doing research on pumpkin bread is a little tricky because when you look it up, you get 7,000 recipes mm-hmm. and very little historical context. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when it emerged, except that it would have emerged probably since the invention of um, baking powder. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I, I looked into it a little bit and like it it seems to be a very like North American thing, mm-hmm. uh, both in terms of like colonists in North America from like the UK and in terms of indigenous people to this land doing like quick breads, not necessarily pumpkin bread specifically, but, mm-hmm. you know given pumpkins being a a new world crop yeah. also probably pumpkin bread specifically but yeah so so a very like north american thing yeah that makes sense i mean cuz pumpkins are primarily a north american thing yeah i think probably pumpkin bread has become much more of a thing since the pumpkin spice craze mm-hmm. which i think of as being kind of in the last 15 years that sounds right which is crazy cuz like i remember when that all started we were in high school, and it's hard to think about high school having been 15 years ago. <laughs> were we in high school, or were you in high school? Well, you graduated 15 years ago. Okay, Pumpkin Spice has been around for 20 years, in fact. Oh, okay. Okay, so came out in 2003. That makes sense, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with the Pumpkin Spice Latte, this craze for pumpkin things happened. I mean, certainly it, it existed before. Sure, yeah. Um, Starbucks started making pumpkin bread to go along with it. And then, you know, from there we got 7,000 uh, Google search pages of pumpkin bread recipes. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I also feel like, yeah, like pumpkin bread has existed as long as any quick bread, presumably, just because like... Probably. You know, it's it's an option. Right. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely an option. Yeah, yeah. Like every quick bread, probably as soon as people realized, oh, we can make quick breads, they were like, let's try every every food. Yeah. Let's just put whatever in here. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, that's that's a nice thing with quick breads is that they're easy to experiment with. Yeah. One little like I feel like I have to just in case somebody is really pedantic. I'm just going to say this. Mm. Technically, mm. a quick bread can be anything um, any baked good that rises with baking soda or baking powder. Mm. Cookies, brownies, scones, cornbread, all those things. Mm-hmm. I personally define it as things that can be baked in a loaf pan. Sure, and, yeah. <laughs> and rise with baking soda or baking powder. Uh, so I'm, I'm fine with categorizing cornbread as a quick bread. Right. Brownies, 
Uh I feel like a loaf pan brownie would be kind of... I mean, for me, the thing with brownies also is that you don't actually need baking powder. Like, there are Mm -hmm. brownie recipes where eggs are the only leavener. Right. And so I feel like that's a little a little more eh. Yeah. Um, But my... So that's my personal definition. Don't come at me. These are my reasons. If you would like to call your cookies quick breads, I will not stop you. (laughs) I might stop you, frankly. (laughs) If, I think once something becomes a cookie, it's not a bread anymore. Tom I think just we have Kool-Aids have... into your kitchen. Listen, like it's like at some point something stops being a pizza and becomes a flatbread. Yeah. Similarly, at some point something stops being a bread and becomes a cookie. Like yeah. they're not. I'm sorry, but if your thing is a quick bread, it's a quick bread. Yeah. It's not a cookie. So pumpkin bread, as has sort of been implied, it's made with pureed pumpkin or squash. You can replace mm. other uh, yellow squashes. I have done it sure, with butternut yeah. squash. It's very nice. Uh, I do it with butternut squash because you get a little more flesh per ounce of butternut squash. Right, yeah. So if I'm doing my own puree, it's like a little bit more bang for your buck. Well, because we've bred butternut squashes to be eaten instead of breeding them to be carved hollow and <laughs> stuffed with candles. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> I really thought you were just making a bread joke there. But yes, pureed squash, usually pumpkin. Oil, eggs, uh, sometimes a little milk, depending, your leavener, and then sugar and spices. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of different ways to make it, but that's basically what it is. And then you bake it, and it comes out, and it is just a moist, tender, delicious loaf of cozy goodness. Mm -hmm. I suspect, and I could be wrong about this, but I, I suspect there's a solid chance that if you're buying, like, canned pumpkin puree, there's probably a certain percentage of other squash mixed into that. No, it's probably just pumpkin. Cause you when you're, Yeah, because when you're doing it on a on an industrial level, like, hmm. it's fine. And they probably then use the seeds to make pepitas. Like, it's... Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, okay, okay. Probably. Yeah. But, like, yes, you can use butternut squash. You can use acorn squash. Mm-hmm. Um Pumpkins aren't always available. Pureed pumpkin isn't always available. Right. Maybe you want to make pumpkin bread in July. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel yeah. like it's it's less the specific pumpkin that is important and more the like the spices that go into it. Yeah. Right? You know? so, I mean, honestly, you could probably use a sweet potato. Sure. Or a yam, rather. Yam bread. Um, so really, really easy beginner thing also. Sure, if yeah. you want to start baking, um, quick breads are a great place to start because they are pretty much unfuckupable. They're usually one bowl recipes. Mm. You usually don't need a mixer. That's another benefit of using oil as a fat or liquid fats is that you don't need to fluff them. Oh, of course. So you can just mix it in a bowl with a spoon. Right. So yeah, like if you can stir things in a bowl and follow a recipe, you can bake a quick bread. See, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I I gotta say, I appreciate that we call it a quick bread and it is exactly what it sounds like you know it's like oh this is quick this is easy yeah shout out to the quick bread as a as a concept as an easy gateway into baking and once you're confident with it honestly you can get it into the pan in 10 minutes like they usually take a little while to bake uh, just because it's a, a wet dough um but you can you can be eating one within an hour Mm. once you're confident with the recipe. And that is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of beautiful things, Aww. should we... No, that's not where I was going with it. <laughs> Awkward. Should we take this opportunity to pop over to the mid-roll and tell the people how they can support us? Let's do it. 
Because supporting us is beautiful. No, you have to call me beautiful. (laughs) You can't do that to me. You can't set me up like that. Edit point. Hey, folks, (laughs) welcome to the mid-roll. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of October, so in the next two days, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need, so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of this show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There is literally no other way to turn zero into six, so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. And if you join our Patreon, you'll get access to our monthly newsletter, The No Bad Food Recipe Club. Every month we post new recipes for you to try and share with your friends and family. If you ask very nicely, maybe I'll give you a quick bread recipe. If you aren't already a member of our Patreon, please consider joining up at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod today. One more quick thing here in the mid-roll before we get back to the show. Uh, I recently had the immense privilege of being a guest on Left Trigger, Right Trigger, one of my absolute favorite podcasts in the world. With regular guests from this very show, our vegan correspondent Greg Schultz and (laughs) our food crimes correspondent Giovanni Colantonio, as well as David Flam, who does our cover art, and their co-host Tess Hazel, who is lovely and has been on the show here as well. Uh, I did an episode with them about stew recently stew Stew and video games and stewing and video games and it was really fun and really lovely so uh, if that is exciting for you if you're someone whose interests intersect between food and video games uh, maybe go check that out again it's left trigger right trigger and i'll put a link in the description of this episode for ease of access all right should we get back to it let's get back to it so do you want to know how to make pumpkin bread i do i've actually been like this week specifically, thinking a lot about how I should try doing a little baking. Okay. So maybe that'll be a challenge I give myself is to make some pumpkin bread. Well, I got pumpkin puree, so uh, I can send you my favorite recipe and you can have at it. Can we make it together? Yeah, that That'd would be, be really nice. We could do that tomorrow. Okay, cool. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Sweet. I have referred before, let's start from the raw ingredients. I have referred to pumpkin puree and also using squashes. Mm-hmm. So this time of year, usually from like October through the end of December, you can generally find canned pumpkin in grocery stores because people are making pumpkin pies for various holidays. If you have access to canned pumpkin, you can just use canned pumpkin. If you are new to doing this, I recommend using canned pumpkin. It is it is going to be easy. Yeah. However, it's a little pricier than buying a a squash, whether that's a pumpkin or another kind of squash. To get the amount of pumpkin puree that is in a can of pumpkin, you need a pretty good size pumpkin. Mm. Um, So don't get like a mini one if that's where you're going. (laughs) If you're using acorn squashes, you're going to need two. For a butternut squash, get one on the larger side. Because pumpkin bread recipes tend to be pretty heavy on the pumpkin. They rely Mm. very much on the squash for moisture and texture. Okay. Get yourself a good big old big old squash. Mm-hmm. But it'll still probably be cheaper. Like the can that I bought today was on sale for $7. Usually you can get a squash for closer to 5. Okay. So, 
you know, it's a few dollars difference. It might be cheaper during squash season also, like, and it'll depend on your grocery store and whether you're in Canada or not. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Disclaimer that if you're somewhere where squash doesn't grow, probably you're going to be spending a fortune. Oh, no. What I was actually going to say is if you're not in Canada, it's probably cheaper. Oh, fair (laughs) enough. Because we have very expensive (laughs) groceries right now. (laughs) But, But also just like, you know, if you're listening to this and you go to the store and you see that you know canned pumpkin is like six thousand dollars a can but like mushy bananas are 30 cents you can always just make banana bread (laughs) Uh, i will say though that squashes grow most places okay they're 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 a happy little little vine they will grow good so you take your squash home now what do you do with it i've never I was going to say butchered a squash before. I'm going to go with it. I've never yeah, butchered a squash never butchered before. A squash. But I imagine you want to cut a line f- like across it from the stem to the the butt, uh-huh. uh, and then pull it apart. Uh-huh. Then so far, so good. scoop out all the seeds without scooping out too much of the flesh because you don't want to like lose the flesh, but you do want to ditch the seeds. Yeah. Then get as much of the flesh out of there as possible. To the seeds, you got it correct. Okay. Now, I I think it's very clear that you haven't butchered a squash (laughs) because it's very, very obvious with butchering a a squash what is the seeds and what is the flesh. Okay. It's very easy. The texture is different. The seeds are supported in a mesh of pulp. Yeah. So it's sort of a string bag texture a little bit. Um, And then the flesh is hard. So you can just take a spoon and scoop, scoop, scoop. And when your spoon meets resistance, you stop. Like that's. Okay. So you can really just like scrape it, like get it all out. Then you can roast your seeds if you feel like it. Mm. But you can also throw them away or plant them Mm. or throw Mm. them out for your squirrels. They'll be delighted. Sure. Yeah. So do you want to guess where we go from here? Is the exterior of the squash edible? And follow up question, just because it is do you want to eat it? I think technically it is edible, but you do not want to eat it. Okay. So I'm assuming from here then you peel the squash. So this is where we get a little a little more fancy with it, I guess. Okay. Some people will tell you, cut it in chunks, cut the peel off, and boil it. And you could boil it in milk if you want. I will not do that to you because if you want to get the best flavor out of a vegetable, what do we do? Juice it. It's like, you don't even know me. No, roast it. Thank you. (laughs) Now, because we're not going to eat this in a savory preparation, we're not oiling and salting it. You just put a little bit of a little bit of oil on the cut side Mm -hmm. um, to keep it from sticking. Put it cut side down on a baking sheet. Stick it in your oven at like 400 degrees um, until it's soft. Mm. So when you poke it with a fork, the fork goes in super easily. The the skin will be all wrinkly. It's really clear. Um, And that makes the skin easy to take off after, too. Yes, you can just scoop the flesh out of it. So let it cool a bit so you don't burn yourself. Mm. Uh, And then you can just scoop the flesh right out. You can even, like, turn the skin inside out and just, like, scrape, scrape, scrape. Nice. Throw away your skin. Um, Also, when you roast it, you get that nice caramelization. Sure, Which really adds to the flavor. Now, you said something about boiling it in milk. Yes, that is a way to cook squash. Why? The fat of the milk kind of infuses it. And so instead of losing a lot of, instead of it getting infused with water, which makes it more watery, sure, it's infused with something that's a little fatty and a little flavorful. Okay, okay. It's sort of a, it's like an old, mm-hmm. old home cook way no, of cooking makes, things. That makes yeah. sense, yeah. And if you get a little more nutrition. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you're not going to like 
fry it or roast it. Yeah. And you really are committed to boiling it for whatever reason. I guess doing um, it in milk makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like old like like farm or ranch recipes where like boiling or simmering is a way to cook a large quantity without having to supervise it a whole lot. Right. Oh, sure. Okay. Because if you're roasting in a wood oven. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a hearth you need to really really keep an eye on it to make sure sure it doesn't burn and you may also be roasting your meat or something Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas if you can put it in a pot and simmer it you don't need to keep as much of an eye on it yeah that's that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah and also like it would be a time like if you're on a farm you probably have a lot of milk and a lot of squash (laughs) right Right. and and it's a way to make it more nutritious so Okay, okay anyway so you can do that you can boil it i highly highly recommends roasting it because the flavor is just going to be better Mm -hmm. and then you want to puree it so if you have a food processor put it in your food processor if you have a an immersion blender they're really useful for this Mm. but frankly if you don't have any of those things if you're like i don't have fancy kitchen equipment i'm very new to this like i'm in my first apartment (laughs) whatever um you can mash it up with a fork you can mash it with a potato masher Mm -hmm. uh you could just like mix it really well with a whisk for a long time it won't be as smooth but honestly you're baking it and it's pretty forgiving can you boil potatoes in milk for mashed potatoes yeah i'd have to try that next time i make mashed potatoes is it worth it i don't know milk's expensive yeah fair probably if like you see milk on sale it's worth Mm -hmm. it and you want to say like with milk you don't want to bring it all the way to the boil because you don't want to scorch it you want to sure yeah anyway but it might be really nice Yeah. yeah yeah so then you have your squash puree very nice or your squash mash or whatever you're capable of doing squash it's okay. mash so obviously like when i think of quick breads when i think of pumpkin bread and banana bread and any other you know <laughs> nice little nice little corner store loaf i think of just eating it by the slice right yeah you grab one that's been like saran wrapped real tight you pay like two dollars for it and you you unwrap it on the bus and you yeah. eat it on the way to wherever is there any other way that you would eat a bread like this than just like a quick little snacky snack you know yeah they really shine as a snack they're mm-hmm. really nice with your coffee uh, i like them for breakfast i like to sure. make a loaf and just have it and and eat it for breakfast i think that i think just having it for breakfast is on the same level yeah. as like grabbing one from the store on the way to work yeah i mean yeah. essentially it's a big muffin right so sure. like, <laughs> essentially it's like it's doing muffin things yeah so i i ask because I think if there's not one that comes to mind immediately, we should brainstorm, right? Well, I was going to say one thing that I've seen done with banana bread, at least, Mm -hmm. is French toast. Okay. Uh, And I think that that probably pumpkin bread French toast would be really nice. I could see that. Then you do like a little like spiced whipped cream on there. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, That could be really nice. A little bit of bacon on the side. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that could be really nice. I do kind of feel, though, like it's like, no, don't mess with a good thing. Sure. Like, it's one of those things that it's just, like, it's good. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you can toast it. Yes, technically, you could make French toast. But, like, you can also just eat it. Hear me out. Pumpkin bread croutons. For what? For, like, a salad. Like a fruit salad? Maybe. They won't crouton well, They though. won't crouton they well? They won't okay. crouton well because it's a very moist bread. Okay. You would have to toast the crap out of it. And at that point... It wouldn't really be nice. I think it would make mm. more sense to do like a ginger cookie crumble at that point. Oof. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. One thing you can do is you can give it as a gift, uh, perhaps to your favorite podcast host. Sure. I'm sure Jake Johnson from New Girl must love pumpkin bread. I can send him a little. It's not really who I meant, but I suppose so. Oh, did you mean you? Yeah. You want me to... 
No, I want our listeners to give oh. me pumpkin bread. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys should do that for sure. <laughs> do you remember the first time you had pumpkin bread? The first time I had pumpkin bread, I'm sure, was at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an interesting experience this summer mm-hmm. where, so or this fall. So I went to Boston in both September and October. Mm-hmm. And both times I went to Central Square, which is where I used to, near, near where I used to live. And uh, my high school Starbucks was there like that was the Starbucks I always went to and spent all my babysitting money at and in September I went and I got something there Mm -hmm. and it had just been turned into a like pickup only like no seating Starbucks which made me a little sad and then in October I went there and it was closed Mm. which is truly the end of an era yeah no kidding obviously Starbucks is one of those companies that like lots of people boycott for lots of good reasons but Mm. I have a lot of personal affection for it my parents lived in seattle when the first one opened so they my dad was always very attached to it like because it was like his like local cafe that became an international chain yeah um well and i think like you know we say it all the time on the show that like just because something is mass produced and like part of the capitalist machine doesn't mean that the like good feelings you have around it are invalid right exactly yeah yeah I would have had it there, and then at some point, just because I bake, at mm-hmm. some point, I decided to make it, and that would have probably been in high school. Okay, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think most of the pumpkin bread I've eaten, I have made. <laughs> right. Because yeah. I, I, I like it, and it's quick, and that's the nice thing with once you learn how to make something that you like to eat, is you could just make it. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you gotta you gotta equip yourself to, to do those things, you know? Yeah, exactly. Be empowered in your pumpkin bread consumption. Yeah. Yeah, I think like when I think about the first time that I had pumpkin bread specifically, I know it was at Starbucks because yeah. I bought it by accident thinking oh it was goodness. banana bread. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is not banana bread, but it's good. It is. What good. is this? And then I read the wrapper and was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. 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 Which honestly is a thing that happens to me a lot with yeah. those like quick breads. <laughs> like this happened not that long ago. We were on your, our way to your art show and we popped into a like little store in the mm-hmm. metro on the way and uh i bought zucchini bread by accident okay. i think or bought carrot bread for toby thinking it oh, was oh yeah it was a it was a um it was like a carrot cake like a morning glory type carrot cake with a whole bunch of morning glory is lovely it has like carrots and pineapple and often yeah. nuts and raisins but um, i grabbed that so you grabbed it, it you really bread. thought it was banana I bread really, truly did. and i did not realize to what degree you thought it was banana bread I, until yeah. you commented on it like you yeah. were you were you were like why does this banana bread have carrots in it no first i said why does this banana bread have pineapple in it and right. then i went why does this banana <laughs> bread ha- have pineapple and taste like carrots <laughs> it was really jarring Bless your heart. <laughs> it was good though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. Yeah. I used to when I was when I worked at the bakery or at the cafe, I was a baker for a cafe for a while and I made the muffins. So mm. every morning I got there at six AM and I had to make like six kinds of baked goods before we opened at sure. like eight. Right. And so I would make the muffins every morning and we had a pumpkin muffin. Mm-hmm. So like I probably had a lot of those. Sure, That's probably sure. a place that I ate <laughs> a lot of pumpkin bread. Uh pumpkin muffins, morning glory muffins, lemon poppy seed. Um, sometimes blueberry. Mm. Uh, and so, like, I'm very, very familiar with all of those. Right. <laughs> because I used to bake them every morning. <laughs> Maybe I, I got to get into this. I got to start baking a little bit. Yeah. You say this pretty much every year. I know. In the fall. I know. Yeah. yeah. Like, every year in the fall, you're like, you know what I'm going to do this year? Bake. Bake. Yeah. And every year I don't do it. Every year you don't do it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I find baking really daunting, but also I think I think it's a mess factor. Yeah, there's or, a lot of mess with baking. Yeah, that's it. And I'm just like, ooh, like, do I want to do this or do I want to run to the gas station and buy this? Pre-made? But the more comfortable you get with baking, the easier it is to do it without mess. Yeah. Like, the more eggs you crack, the easier it is to crack an egg without getting egg on your hands. The more times, like, like as you measure things, you mm-hmm. learn how to get it on the first go. Even if you're weighing your ingredients, like, eventually you just kind of learn right. what 225 grams of flour feels oh, like. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and especially if you're doing one bowl baking, mm-hmm. it's not that hard to do it pretty mess-free because, like, you're not rolling cookies. You're mixing a batter and dumping it in a pan. Right. Um, and you can do it all with your spatula and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so so maybe this is going to be the gateway for me then. Maybe it will. I will teach you my ways. Learn me. Mm-hmm. Learn me how to do a quick bread. Now, can you guess who developed my favorite pumpkin bread recipe? Your brother. No. Deb Perlman. There we go. Okay. I was like, you're really not getting things on the first try today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I figured like Jonathan bakes. Jonathan only bakes things. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan is a very skilled baker, but Jonathan only makes things that are made out of like rye flour and blackstrap molasses. Like what Jonathan wants to eat all of the time is like a little cake of seeds. <laughs> like Jonathan talks about how he would like to subsist on one almond, you know, like Jonathan is just he's a little woodland creature. And when he bakes, he bakes the things that a little woodland creature would bake. Uh, so, yes, it's Deb Perelman. She is beautiful and wonderful and in 2016 she developed a pumpkin bread recipe uh which is one of the best recipes i've ever used um and i know i gush about her every time but like genuinely this is such a good recipe and i also really like that like she starts it by being like yeah Every year in fall, food people get bored and they start bashing pumpkin spice. Like Alton Brown, of fucking course, said pumpkin spice has ruined pumpkins, uh, which is like such an Alton Brown thing. Um, America has gone entirely too far in its pumpkin spice devotion, which, you know, given that there's pumpkin spice craft dinner I get it. Sure. Yeah, that is too far. Um, But people just love to just like ruin a thing people like. Yeah. She said she had fallen into this trap of being over pumpkin spice. Um, And then she Snapchatted herself making pumpkin bread. And everybody was like, give me this recipe. I need this recipe (laughs) right now. Uh, Google has 5.7 million ways to make pumpkin bread. Oh, my God. No, Like, there's no lack of pumpkin bread recipes out there. But it's Deb Perelman. And, of course, she could make it better. (laughs) So her whole theory is, A, pumpkin bread should be huge. Hmm. Uh, B, pumpkin bread should have a lot of pumpkin. And also she scales her recipe to use a... All of the cans that are available to her. Okay. Which are smaller than the cans we get. But like she was just like, my cans of pumpkin have one and three quarter cups of puree in them. And most recipes use one cup of pumpkin. (laughs) And that is annoying. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) And then she also says, why can't pumpkin bread have the crispy cinnamon sugar lid that all my favorite muffins have? Mm. 
Um, and so she developed a pumpkin bread recipe that has all of these things. Yeah. So that's what I love about it when you make it is that it always has that, that crunch on the top. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you make this beautiful, huge pumpkin bread that is like it fits in a loaf pan, but it is bursting at the seams. Well, and anything good in a loaf pan <laughs> is going to burst out of the pan yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah. So it, it towers. It gets craggy like a mountain. Sure. And then you make like a lot of cinnamon sugar Mm -hmm. you put like two tablespoons of cinnamon sugar on the top which doesn't sound like a like much until you are packing it onto the top of a loaf pan sure yeah yeah (laughs) well i find like quantities quantities of something that go on top of a thing Mm -hmm. really like blow your mind sometimes yeah. when, you, when you realize like how little it is theoretically and how far it goes. Yeah. 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 And so because you put it on right before you bake it, yeah. the sugar melts into mm-hmm. the cinnamon, comes up and you get this beautiful, crunchy, crackly yes. lid. She is so good at making things that are moist mm-hmm. And just delicious. Like, I've made pumpkin bread recipes that are really dry. Mm. Um, And here's what I'm going to say for quick bread, guys. Like, please, for the love of God, you're making a quick bread. Don't try to, like, reduce the fat in it or reduce the calories or whatever. Stop. Like, Like, you know, if you're really, like, concerned about it or you have, like, whatever, you're on a medical diet or something like that, like, cut your slices thinner. Obviously, if you're allergic to something, replace it. But don't replace it with something with, like, if you can't eat dairy... Use a non-dairy alternative that is still fatty. You know, if you can't eat eggs, use an egg replacer. Like, because otherwise it is it is going to be dry. It's not going to be delightful. Tom is, like, pulling their face off. I just, I just, like, please, people, please, if you're listening to this podcast, please do everybody in your life a favor and let yourself enjoy things. Yes. If you don't have a valid medical reason, a prescribed medical reason for abstaining from sugar and fat then just fucking eat sugar and fat and be happy (laughs) please for the love of god just treat yourself yeah yeah you can you can always eat a thin slice and then you can eat another one and then you can eat another one because it's so good and it's gonna make you happy and this is the season when we should be eating because we're getting ready to hibernate and we have to eat food yes and i want to make pumpkin bread right now well don't worry we have an entire tiramisu panettone waiting for us in the kitchen i'm delighted (laughs) Um, no need to bake tonight Oh, and one more note, actually, on the topic of dietary restrictions. Mm -hmm. Quick breads, if you're gluten-free, quick breads are your friend because quick breads do not rely on gluten for their texture the way that a yeasted bread does. So um, you can make a pretty decent pumpkin bread with your gluten-free flour that will hold up well and still should taste pretty good. Uh, So if you've been depressed trying to make yeasted bread (laughs) with gluten-free flour, do yourself a favor. Get some, you know, King Arthur cup-for-cup gluten-free flour and just make yourself a little pumpkin bread and have yourself a little treat Mm because you deserve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. It's one of those things that like a biscuit doesn't necessarily need to not be crumbly exactly so the gluten-free yeah. stuff can can work you know yeah. treat yourself treat yourself enjoy a thing so that's pumpkin bread that's pumpkin bread go make it it's pumpkin bread day do it 
today. Do it today. It's Don't pumpkin do it bread. Tomorrow. Ooh, Tomorrow's ooh, Halloween. Ooh, ooh. Do it today and post it and tag us. Yeah. So we can see your pumpkin bread. Do it. Please go and make yourself a pumpkin bread and tag us. And listen, if you do it not today, we'll still want you to tag us. We'll still be excited about it. Well, yeah. yeah. But like it's pumpkin bread day. Yeah. And Ride tag, the SEO. <laughs> and tag Deb Perelman so that she'll come be my friend. We should get her on the show. Work on it. Make it happen. I should email her and just be like, hi, Deb. I have loved you for a thousand years. I will love you for a thousand more. We should get Christina Perry on the show. Thanks for listening to No Bad Food. If you want to be part of the conversation, hit us up on socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Teffer Bear and at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash no bad food pod to donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Chantal H., Gab, Thomas, Erica, Andrew, Chantal T., David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Caroline, Rachel, and Aslam. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that's exciting for you, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. <laughs> you could make me develop, for example, an avocado quick bread if you wanted to. I, I'm sad saying that, but theoretically, technically, it's true. Okay, but hang on. What if you do it in a way that makes it taste like guac a little bit, like no. a guac bread. Mm-mm, I won't do that. Guac bread. I won't do that. But no. what I would do is, like, I think it would work because avocados have a lot of fat. I think mm-hmm. I think you could make it work. Mm-hmm. You can make that, like, avocado chocolate mousse that everybody says tastes like chocolate mousse, but it tastes like avocado. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do like that. Guac. Patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod. We also have merch. So if you want to wear, for example, a t-shirt that says Strawby Bobby Hoggy Doggy just to make people ask questions, uh, you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at Podcavern. I know most of you are millennials. I know you want to wear a weird little shirt to make people ask questions. That's our whole culture. That's how we were raised. It's true. It's true. Hey, if there's a food that you think we should turn into a t-shirt that looks like a like an 80s metal band t-shirt. Oh my god, I would so do that. Why not, right? Tell us. Tell us. It yeah. could be bread because it's the food of the year. Yeah. <gasps> Hit the merch link in the description to get some... Um, to, oh my god, to get it at our friends over at Podcavern. Buy some merch. The Podcavern is full of merch. Spend your money. Or support us for free by leaving a rating review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach, a squash by any other name, Ingles. And our cover art is by David Pumpkin, the King of Ghosts, Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show was produced by Tom Zalatni. That's you. And Tefri Ajemian. That's, that's me. You. And edited by Tom Zalatni. That's me again. As part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. You got an extra thought to add there? <laughs> no, I just can't make words anymore. Can we please go eat panettone? <laughs> Let's do it. Happy Halloween, everybody. Don't forget to tip your waiter. You No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. 
Hello, folks. I'm Katie. I'm Vinny. And we host the Learn Real Good podcast. It's a comedy podcast about science. It's also a science podcast with comedy. Each episode, we interview a science grad student about their research. And we keep it casual so you don't need to be a nerd to follow along. We also share some of the latest science newts. I think you mean the latest science news. Well, people need to hear more about amphibians. I agree with that. So look us up on your favorite podcast source and learn learn real good. good. Presented by the Podcavern Network. Uh, close enough. Hi everyone, I'm Tong. I'm Sam. And I'm Laura. And we are... Disney Dummies! Look, we know there are Disney super fans out there, but even the superest of fans could still be Disney dummies. That's why the three of us are on a quest to watch every single animated theatrical release in chronological order, from Snow White all the way to whatever's out right now. We dive into each movie in detail, talking about fun facts, talking about the animation, hit you with some hot takes, our favorite reviews on the internet. We even talk about who fucks. I still can't believe that's an actual segment. So join us every second Wednesday for another episode of Disney Dummies. And Pixar Pals when we finally catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Brought to you by the fairy tale whimsical depths of the Podcavern. 